Welcome to the Crystal Sisters podcast with your hosts, Carly and Lexi. We are here to spread the message of love and light while en route to becoming the best version of ourselves. We are dreamers, doers, and believers in girl power. We follow our hearts and give like there's no tomorrow. Bound by beliefs, inspired by dreams, your ears are your rite of passage into the sisterhood. So thank you for listening and joining our tribe. Buckle in, let's get started. Hey guys, before we start with this week's episode, we wanted to say a huge thank you to our listeners. We have hit a big milestone and reached 1,000 podcast listens. This is an exciting time for us. So we wanted to say thank you by doing a giveaway. Uh, This giveaway is on Instagram and Facebook. And if you go to mine or Lexi's Instagrams, Uh, you will be able to see how to enter. Also, you can enter by writing a review to our podcast. So thank you guys so much for your continued support. And this week, we are bringing you an interview with Ashlyn Gunderson. She is a coach, life coach, nutrition coach, and fitness coach. She is a powerhouse and she is an expert in productivity and motivating people. So if you've been lacking a little motivation lately or could use a little more productivity, this is a great episode to listen to and we're so excited to get started. Welcome Ashlyn to the Crystal Sisters podcast. We're so excited to have you here. First of all, a little bit about Ashlyn Gundershit. Gunderson, sorry. She is a life coach, the co-owner of Perfect Fit For You, which promotes health, happiness, and overall life balance through the implementation of proper nutrition habits and suitable activity for those of all ages and fitness levels. She is the heart and soul of her business, and she has a Bachelor of Science degree with great distinction at Lethbridge College. She is Lethbridge's top 40 under 40, 2018 NPAA Coach of the Year, CBFF National Bikini Competitor, cover model for Training and Fitness Magazine, published author of Science Research in the American Chemical Society Journal. Wow. (laughs) Mouthful, brains, beauty, and booty for sure. (laughs) If we kept reciting all of your accolades, Ashlyn, we'd be here for an hour. So we kept it short and sweet, (laughs) but welcome. Thanks, guys. I'm so happy to be here. So I wanted to start off kind of explaining how I met you. Okay. Um, Me and my mom wanted to do a fitness competition, or we had talked about it, and I just wasn't really able to commit because I didn't see, I don't know, I just didn't see the picture. So I was looking around on social media, Instagram, and I found Ashlyn, and I knew I knew that this is who I wanted to be my coach and that I wanted to do a fitness competition after just, you know, finding you through social media. So we did our fitness competition and my mom, you know, continued on and did a few more with you. So we were so thrilled to have found you. Yay. And yeah, that's how we met Ashlyn. <laughs> and would you say you had a positive fitness competition experience? I think it was all about, you know, learning for me. I, I wasn't super, you know, I didn't win anything, but we weren't there. I wasn't there to win anything. It was all about, 
throwing into myself. And yes, yes you perfect fit for you made the experience very fun. You know, there's so many people that you bring into the competitions and it's all like a big family. So yes. yeah, I definitely enjoyed the whole thing. Oh, good. Well, I enjoyed you also. <laughs> so Lexi, it's your turn now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have to, it's a family experience, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I remember, I, I remember that after watching the whole progression of the beginning of prep and just watching them not only, you know, transform physically, but really mentally in, into who they were and feeling super good about themselves. So it was so cool to just be there to cheer them on and watch them walk on the stage and the whole experience from an outsider's perspective as a sister and a daughter, it was really, really neat. And it made me you know, excited for the day that that can be me and hopefully yeah. we can all do it again together one day because it looks like a super, you know, empowering and not easy, but yeah, empowering experience. Hey, I'm holding you to that. It's on camera now. It's Kate. <laughs> Deal. Deal. I'll let Deanna know. Well, your eyes are all in. <laughs> That's awesome. So I think the first question, a good place we can start is, you know, how did perfect fit for you come into existence how did it start and you know yeah okay so it's so funny because I've been asked this question obviously in the past and I always preface the conversation with my business was an accidental business which doesn't give me any credit at all um but it definitely was I didn't build a business I didn't go to school thinking I'm going to be an entrepreneur I'm going to be a business owner I took organic chemistry I'm I'm a chemist like that is my bachelor's of science is rooted in chemistry and neuroscience believe it or not and then here I am now being a business owner a content creator and doing things online so definitely not my intention but when you're super passionate about something and you provide value for people all of a sudden people will pay you for what you're passionate about. And then as soon as that started happening, it was kind of a no brainer. So I was actually going to pharmacy school. I was, I applied to the U of A. I was going to move to Edmonton. My parents were actually going to help me in my whole venture there. And then I decided like, I think this is where my passion is. I want to help people and I want to do it through nutrition and fitness. So of course now I classify myself as a health coach, but at the time it was very, fitness and nutrition based. Now, of course, we talk more about mental health. We talk more about routines, um, family dynamics, friendships, like those kind of things. But Perfect Fit For You definitely started accidentally. Um, and it definitely started as a nutrition and a training business, but it has ever evolved since then, most definitely. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what I hope for you guys. That's why I asked, like, before we started recording, is this your passion project? Because of course, I would love to see people's passion project be something that can be you know, monetary for them that, that can sustain their lifestyle. Like how amazing is that when the two go together? Yes. We love having this podcast because we can talk about everything we love in one place. And, you know, you're the first person that we've talked to about, you know, nutrition and health. And that's a, that like Lexi is a health coach as well. And we are both passionate about this. So it's just cool that this is a place that we can bring everything that we love together. For sure. And then we can talk about it and we can learn from each other because my doors are always open. I, I definitely am the type of person. I feel like I learn things from my clients, like on a daily basis. Yes, that's, that's really cool. And it shows how open-minded you are, right? 
I think you have to be as a business owner. I mean, shit, look at what we're going through right now. Like who would have thought three weeks ago, you'd say, Hey, Ashlyn, you and your eight staff, no more gym, no more body composition exams, no more in-person check-ins. Like your business is going to be flipped on its head here. And like, you have to be a malleable and adaptable human being if you want to be successful long-term because the only thing consistent is change truly. So if you can adapt to change, man, you're, you're setting yourself up for success. Yes. And I think me and Carly are both really understanding now that really that is the riding factor when it comes to being a successful entrepreneur is your adaptability. So super cool, Ashlyn. Yeah. hundred percent. So we're all adaptable chicks. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so your business kind of just started off with just you and it, now you've grown, you said to eight employees. Yes. Yes. So it's, it's been quite the transition, but it started with myself. And then it was so funny because I met my husband and he played div one hockey, um, NCAA, like in the States, he lived in Alaska for four years and he had moved back to Lethbridge and was looking for a job. And we had just started dating. And I said, you know what? Like, I am so overwhelmed with work. I just need you to help me just for a couple of weeks so I can catch up. So I made him pretend that he was me and do my admin emails talking to chicks as if he was me. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> He's like, hey girl, like your booty looks great. Like you know, <laughs> trying to be Ashlyn because I realized that I needed help. But of course the help necessity for that never went away. So then here he was, we're gonna like, okay, we're gonna actually have to start telling people you're a real human being and, and you work for me now. So ever since then, we're now living together, married, have a dog, have a house and now have a five-year business so it started off like as hey help me out for a week and it's turned into now we're co-founders of this amazing business that's so cool <laughs> I love Robbie too he has like just such an infectious personality just like you you guys are amazing together oh, thanks we buzz we buzz when we're together when you get us started on a business idea like okay this is a tangent but my little brother is graduating this year. And so yesterday we pretended to host a safe grad at our house <laughs> because he's not going to get a safe grad. So we made these t-shirts. Well, my sister did that had like a big Corona bottle on them. And then in, in the like writing of the Corona bottle, it said, you know, safest safe grad 2020 it had his face. And then I thought, oh my gosh, the whole night I was like, this is an opportunity. We need to sell these t-shirts online. We have to get these for other people. Like I turned the entire party into a business endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> and me and Robbie are like buzzing. Everybody else is just trying to enjoy their drinks and like have a good conversation. And we're like, no, 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 no. We need to get these out to people. There's a profit margin here. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You need people in your life like that you can buzz with. Yes. I'm, I'm really curious since you said that now, you know, you are primarily still a health coach, but also content creator. And it's interesting how Carly found you through Instagram. So we want to know how has social media helped grow your business? Oh, you guys, social media was my business. That's the thing. If, if Instagram in 2014, there's no bloody way I would have a job right now. At least I wouldn't have this business. I would have something different. So it, it was my business. I'm thankful that I now have an office space, that I have a gym, that I have the ability to interact with people in person. Maybe they found out about me through word of mouth or through referral from somebody else. But let's be honest, like going through intake forms on a weekly basis, I'm still telling you 75% or greater are coming from Instagram and Facebook. 
Oh, that's really great to know. Yeah, 100%. And like my Instagram following hasn't grown as much as it did at the beginning, but I'm still gaining the same amount of traction through Instagram and Facebook, despite seeing the following count go out. It's more so I'm having quality, not quantity of people. And they're getting to know who I am over time. They're building that relationship with me. They trust me to be their coach. The first call I have with people, they know my freaking life already. <laughs> I'm like, hi, my name's Ashlyn. I'm the owner of Perfect Fit for You. And they're like, oh, I know. And like your dog's name's Louie and you have a cat here. And like, they know, but you need to know, like, and trust someone if you want to work with them. Yes. Yeah. So that's super interesting because me and Carly are right now trying to do just that, you know, create a bit of a personal brand and relationships with people over uh, online so that we can create our own own tribe as well. So super amazing that you've built your successful business strictly, you know, you said 75% of your clients still are from online. Yep. hundred percent. And like this transition that we've had of saying, you know, my clients can't come into the office. You can't meet me face to face. Like we already had 70% of my clients. We're already doing virtual check-ins FaceTime. They're not from my area. They weren't coming to see me. So thankfully for me, I still have 70% of my income coming in, even though my doors are closed and half my staff isn't working. Yes. That, that is incredible and the now world man it is like full credits to the online world from my perspective because it has done amazing things for me and people who have such a bad perspective on social media they're not using it for the right tools and the right reasons they're not following the right people mm-hmm. yeah for sure so it's it's a tool right and it's and the tool can be used however you want to use it so you have to make that decision yourself amazing so you have really mastered the art of creating a tribe and like people who just you know love you like you trust you so how did you kind of go about that I call myself like my husband and I always say I have word vomit like I when I'm feeling something you'll freaking know like I'm not holding back nothing which creates trust right like if you can vulnerably tell people how you're feeling whether or not they agree or not with you at least they know you so then when someone's making a judgment at least it's a true judgment they're making a judgment on what you've put out to the world and if you keep putting out what you stay true to you're going to attract the right people and i think that's just been what it is um i've adapted what i put out online but it's because i as a human have adapted it's never been a strategic approach as, Hey, you know, I need to start talking more about mental health and self-awareness and discipline and routines. It's, I'm going to talk about those things because those are the things that have now become priority in my life. And so I think my branding is me, which is a double-edged sword because when you're expanding a business and you want to kind of back out of it and not have it about you, it becomes a lot more difficult because you're the person who has branded it. Mm-hmm. Right. So it is a positive and it is a negative to be that central core of your own business. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, the community part, I mean, again, online, online tools, there's a lot of people. I feel like I know them to the depths of their soul and I've never met them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And I hope people feel the same way about me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We can make more friends. Let's make more friends. I don't care if they're virtual or not. Everyone needs that good energy. And like, I know, I know your guys' stuff, like I'm, you're believers of universal energy and, and putting good out into the world. And whether you're doing that through an Instagram message or a handshake, like what difference does it make? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh. So from like 
at the beginning of your business, you were doing more like nutrition and training. And so how has Perfect Fit for you evolved? Like have your services changed through time? So I have coaches now that solely focus on nutrition and training. And it's not saying I don't. I mean, I did, I think, 18 training plans last week alone. So like I definitely am still focusing on nutrition and training. But the question is, I want to focus on what my clients need. And a lot of people need a nutrition plan and a training plan. But the thing is, a lot of people don't. And I don't want to lose them as a client because now the gym's closed. I want people to need me because I help them keep their head on their shoulders. I want people to need me because I keep them accountable. I am a, a voice for them or someone they can come to when they don't have someone in the household to talk to. So like, I think versatile, being a versatile coach just allows you to fill the spaces that people need. And like, I just realized that I still want to keep someone as a client, even if they don't want to follow a structured nutrition plan. If someone's in the right headspace, they'll follow anything. Mm -hmm. wow. Right. So it really is. It's just like that space that occupies between your two ears. Like that's the space I want to work on. Then you'll get the abs. Then you'll get the ass. Then you'll do the cardio. Like all of that stuff is so, so, so secondary. And I think focusing on those secondary things first isn't always the best approach. And there's a time and a place for that. But for me, yeah, let's focus on the foundation, which is your mental health, your routines, your habits, and then we'll add things to it. Instead of constantly trying to tell people, no, 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 don't eat that. No, you can't do that. No, alcohol is bad. It's let's stop saying no. And let's start saying, yes, yes. I want you to have one salad a day. Yes. I want you to do this for yourself. It's a lot easier to add things to your life than take them away. Wow. Yes. I love that. Ashlyn. <laughs> yeah. So I just found that, yeah, restricting is not always the answer, but of course there's always, we just talked about competition prep. You ain't going to get on stage and, you know, be 12% body fat as a female, unless you're following some sort of training and nutrition plan. Like if that's your goal, I'm going to have to give you the tangible assets to reach that goal, but it's not everybody's goal and doesn't mean I can't serve them. I just have to serve them in a way that works for them. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it definitely, you just have to get to know that person. And that's why I ask, like, as soon as someone says, Hey, can I hire you? Like how much do your services cost? My answer is always our services cost this much, but I'd love to talk to you before you make that decision mm -hmm. because it's a relationship. I'm building relationships with people and they're two sided. If I talk to someone and I don't vibe with them, I don't want them as a client, whether or not they're paying me. Right. And I think staying integral in that and like keeping your integrity to be like, you know what? This person doesn't follow my brand. If someone talks to me and they're like, I just want to lose as much weight as possible. I only want to hire you for 30 days. Like, Hey, have you heard of this detox? I'm like, no, sorry, honey. Like me and you just, we, our values don't align. I don't think I'm the coach for you. And I'll tell someone that whether or not they're trying to write me a check or not. Wow. And then it pays off because when that person refers their friend, then I have another friend like that. And then it kind of starts sabotaging the branding of your business. So you just really have to stay true to the right people and the people that you want to attract into your business. Yeah, because your business is so personal. It so is. for sure, I see the value in that. Yes, and I kind of like offset my business last year by op opening like a mentorship program because I didn't know what to call it. I'm like, I am working with these people but they think they're paying for nutrition and training. I haven't given them a nutrition or training plan for three bloody months and they're still paying me, but they're paying for my time, for my expertise, for me providing them, hey, listen to this podcast. Hey, honey, text me every Sunday. Let me know how you're doing. Send me a picture um, when you get up at 5 a.m. and do your cardio. I'm like holding them accountable, but I'm not creating that program. And, and there's a difference. And that accountability actually is worth more. Mm-hmm. 
right? But people think they need that tangible asset of a plan or a program. That's what I'm paying for. It's like, no, you're not. You're paying for the coaching. Right. Oh. Yeah. All oh, this is so, this just resonates so much. <laughs> you guys feel me? Yes. <laughs> we feel you. Yeah. Um, so we, by following you on Instagram, know that you are a religious 5am club attendee and your dedication to routine and ensuring that you do things for yourself every day. You know, you're, you're constantly working on that. So what does your morning routine look like to start your day off the greatest way possible? So it's funny because I don't expect everybody else to get up at 5 a.m. That's the thing. People are like, how do you do it? Teach me how to do it. I do it because I like it. But if you hate it, don't do it. <laughs> I love it because it gives me that time. And like I said to my husband, if I sleep 12 till 7, my hour from 10 p.m. to 12 p.m., I ain't getting shit done. But if I sleep 10 to 5, those two hours between 5 and 7, I'm getting shit done. So why wouldn't I choose those hours? Mm -hmm. right I feel like when I wake up at five o'clock the world is silent it's still dark outside I feel so at peace that I have that time I'm in no rush I don't work till 9 a.m I have four hours every morning for myself so it's not hard it's like I can't fucking wake up to do that I'm excited to do that I get that time and like by 9 a.m I can fully show up for other people because I've already fully shown up for myself yes you wake up and you're just like flying out of bed, throwing your pants on like, shit, I got a client in 10 minutes. Please tell me how well of a coach or how good of a coach you're going to be in that time, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't do it necessarily because I think everybody should do it. I just think everybody should have a moment or some amount of time solely allotted to their mental health and their space. Mm -hmm. Right. No matter when it is, but 5 a.m. for me, it works. And it's something I can be consistent with. And I've noticed such an improvement in my life and in my mental health from doing it that it's a non negotiable now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, that doesn't have to be 5 a.m. for everybody. But if you'd like to join me at 5 a.m., please do because it is life changing. <laughs> so you're also super, super committed to, you know, your physical fitness and your nutrition yourself. Um, what impacts, you know, have you? found in your life by just like making those absolutely non-negotiable things because it's so easy to you know say oh I'm on vacation I I don't have to work out when I'm on vacation and then you get in the slump and you know totally so I wish I had a really good motivating answer but to be honest like fitness is my passion so so is writing so is social media so is blogging and and all those things but like fitness is my passion so my response to people when they ask me like how do you find motivation to work out it's like me asking an artist how do you find motivation to paint or a musician how do you find motivation to play your guitar you just fucking do because it feels good and you like it so although i wish i could tell someone this secret sauce that's like as soon as you drink this kool-aid you're gonna be like me and you're gonna thrive and want to work out every day I just love it. Like I literally love it. And it's something that I look forward to doing. So it's not difficult. And I don't come across fitness with a lot of resistance when I'm thinking in my head, like, Oh, I have to work out today. It's not, Oh my God, I'll just push it off. It's when do I get a workout today? Wow. So like, it's hard to tell you how that came to be because it is ingrained in me. Mm -hmm. And Growing up, I mean, I did do athletics. I played soccer. I played volleyball, things like that. But weight training for me was a different kind of passion. 
I really, really can, it's, it's like meditation for me. Mm-hmm. It is. And like, I don't need workout partners. I don't need music. I listen to books when I work out. People are like, how unmotivating, like they'll see me grunting and like freaking burping all over the place. And in my brain, I'm just listening to a book. <laughs> <laughs> learning and exercising my brain and my body at the same time. But yeah, it really has become like my passion. So to motivate others to do the same is it's not because I have personal advice to share. It's because, you know, I'm lucky. Like I do feel very blessed that I love it that much and that what I love is good for me. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, I, I feel, I hear your passion in that. And I understand that, Part of it might be the fact that you also, you know, grew up in an athletic family and you just innately love that and it makes you feel good. But for the people who don't feel that way, I'm sure you've had clients who have worked with you long enough to be able to watch them over time with through consistency and routine and, you know, your help of encouragement and motivation that eventually, if you stick with it long enough, you'll be able to fall in love with it yourself and find the value in that and commit to that. So for the people who um, don't necessarily love going to the gym and it's not their meditation, like, do you believe that through consistency and like just learning how and understanding how it really just makes you feel better? Like, do you think that that's a routine you can build over time? Oh yes. I've seen it. Like I would be stupid to say you can't because I've definitely seen, I've told people, I've seen people that tell me I hate working out. I hate going to the gym. And then before you know it, they're a freaking gym superstar, hundred percent. But that does come from intrinsic motivation. That's not me. That's them, right? Like that's them. And usually hate to say it, it comes from seeing progress. When someone sees that what they're doing is working, it becomes addicting. And then they create that routine based off that progress, right? Like progress in any sense of the way. It's not just, oh, look at, I went down five pounds. It's also my clothes are fitting the way I want them to. I have more energy in the day. I used to not be able to get up my stairs and now I can. As soon as they see that silver lining of what I am doing has some sort of payoff, that addiction starts to build. Yeah. Right. But as a coach, it's very imperative that I let them see that. I want them to see that. I need them to see that because then they'll get addicted on their own. And that's when my extrinsic motivation isn't as important anymore. Right. Then it's on them. But yeah, you do. You have to see that little glimmer of like what I'm doing has a payoff. And when you're doing that in life and when you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the ground and you have a purpose and you know you're moving forward and your trajectory is up, fuck, then you're unstoppable. Then you'll do it all the time. (laughs) Yes. It is. So totally. And Carly, I'm sure you experienced that too with your prep. Like the hardest week's usually week one. And then by week three, you're like, I'm waking up in the morning. I'm starting to see abs. Like there's no way I'm quitting now. Yeah. I remember, you know, people saying, oh my God, you're doing competition prep while you're in like college. That's got to be so hard. And I'm like, my grades have gone up. My productivity's gone up. I'm like kicking ass in everything I'm doing. No, it's not shitty. Like yes. everything is better. <laughs> exactly but you had to get that reassurance and then you're like now I can do 16 weeks no problem yeah and even like people don't they don't understand you know they you call it willpower but I don't even think it it is willpower like how can somebody who's on competition prep and like so committed to a goal be able to go out to a bar with their friends and sit there and drink water while everybody else has wings and beer like I don't know when you're so committed to that goal, it's, it's not even hard. It's like, no, I just know that I can't have that. And I don't even want it. Cause I know it's going to get me off my off track. 
Yes. And like when you're running towards a goal, life has a different kind of meaning than it does when you're stagnant. Yes. And you don't want that meaning to go away. It feels good to have a little bit of pressure, like that wind at your back. I'm moving towards something, which is why this whole epidemic, pandemic, I guess, this pandemic is causing a lot of issues in the fitness industry because people had shows planned. They had races for the summer. They're doing a Spartan. They have their half marathon training and all these events are now plummeting and people are like, where's my identity? Why am I doing this? And the difference is they don't have that motivation to move them towards it anymore. Mm -hmm. Scary. Wow. I've never actually, I haven't thought about that specifically, but I totally get it. Right. Like, why am I doing this? Well, why did you start? Did you start because you wanted to do a show or did you start because you wanted to get healthy? Right. You have to remind people of like, why do you love fitness? I've done 15 competitions in 10 years and there was two years where I did none. That shows how many I did on the years I was competing because I had to take time off in the middle and give myself two years because I had to ask myself, why do I work out? Do I work out to get on stage or do I work out because I love moving my body with intention? And taking two years off, I swear to God, I was still in the gym five to six days a week with no intention of ever competing. And then I said, all right, I know I'm an athlete for all the right reasons. I can resume. I can work towards a different goal now. Yes. And meeting people in that space where they have to, you know, realize their true, like what they're truly moving towards. You probably, you know, have to help them navigate through some pretty dark things. And how, how is that for you? Um, I'll be honest with you. I was very, very, mm, I don't want to say selfish isn't the right word, but I didn't take on people's feelings for a long, long time. Whereas like as a coach, I'm like, put your head down, do the fucking work. You know, that was always, always my response. I was a lot more diligent on getting people to do what I wanted them to do. But now after I've experienced life a little bit and like gone through some hardships myself, I start to feel a lot more empathetic to people's situations. So now I'm like, I don't know if this is a positive thing or not. It's all new for me. But when someone's explaining to me how they're feeling and the struggles they're going through, I just melt. Whereas before I was a lot stronger and I'm like, no, do your fucking job. This is the routine. This is the structure. This is what we're doing. Whereas now I'm like, I totally understand. I get how you're feeling that way. So I'm navigating that as a coach as well to be like, what does this person need? Do they need a friend? Do they need a confidant? Do they just need a soundboard? Do they need information? Do they need programming? And that brings it back to the philosophy of what is perfect fit for you. Perfect fit for you has to be the perfect fit for you. So let's navigate these demons together. And if that means you're not working out five days a week and you're working out two, or perhaps you just have to email me every day saying you took your dog for a walk. Maybe that's what you need. So I have to navigate independently with each person. Unfortunately, there's no blanket statement as this is how we're going to do things now that the gyms are closed or your goals are crushed. It's going to have to be an independent basis, which, um, which I'm working on too. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, I mean, obviously I haven't walked through your university training um, and degrees with you, but I'm assuming that these aren't the things that you learn in school. So how has that felt and looked for you in really having to take a bit of a step back, creating the perfect fit for you, uh, for each person, and really <laughs> seeing that it's not always about the nutrition plan and the workout programs. Like it's, you need to go take 15 minutes to just meditate or read a book. Like 
did that kind of, was that awkward for you to transition? And I mean, I think that I can see that you've already walked that path of being that super resilient, you know, accountability coach. And now you're kind of finding that empathy for people, like as you were just explaining. So what is that transformation um, in the business model? Like, how is that looking for you? I think I had to keep somewhat structured with what I had built my business on, which is we build nutrition plans, we build training programs, we change them every third week, we check in with you, we hold you accountable, we allow you text and email access. Like that foundation had to stay because people still had that expectation. So the transformation of this business has actually been more work because I still have to build that foundation for them. But now I'm realizing that everything around that foundation is what I should be focusing on. So what people think they're paying for the tangible asset, the printable program, the thing they're following every day, and what I believe they're paying for the accountability, the motivation, the support. Now I have to do both. Whereas before I'm like, they have the plan, they checked in perfect. They're good. Check it off. Instead of, Hey, I gave this person a program. They haven't followed it. I now have to re-follow up. I have to make sure their grandma's doing okay because I asked them about that. Right? Like it's more work now than it actually ever has been because there's more facets of fitness that I find important. Wow. Yes. So So, yeah. Do you think you're stepping into, you know, following your intuition with each client? Like, has that grown over time that you're, you know, intuitively seeking, you know, what would best suit this person right now or what do they need right now? Yes. And that's the hardest thing to coach my other coaches on. Yes. Right. Where it's like, well, I didn't talk to your client. So you're asking me for my advice on your client. I can tell you they should probably eat this much grams of protein, this much grams of carbs based on their activity expenditure. It sounds like they should be, you know, working out this many times per week. But what's deeper than that, like what you need to motivate that client is so independent. The amount of lists of podcasts, audiobooks, motivational YouTube clips, accountability trackers, all that shit that I have on my computer is being exhausted right now, above and beyond nutrition templates and training programs. Those are the things I'm relying on right now because of the world we're living in with everybody's mental health being really in such a vulnerable position right now. I just find such a duty in making sure that I can monitor that for my clients, even though technically on paper, that's not what they're paying for with air quotes. Wow. Oh, this is... <laughs> we're vibing, Ashlyn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't have any coaching saying I'm a life coach, right? Like I'm a nutrition coach, but nutrition coaching only can help people so far before they realize there's so much more to it than that. Right. Yeah. Right. And like, I just feel like to do a good job as a coach, you really do have to look at everything. And know where your boundaries lie, know where your boundaries lie, because I don't know everything, right? Like you can get yourself into a black hole of questions. And before you know it, like this has happened many times, I'm navigating people's interpersonal relationships. They're talking to me about their sex life. They're asking me what they should do about their kids being at home. You know, I don't have the answer for everything. And when it comes to nutrition and training, I'm very confident in giving that response. But when you start touching base on things that are very personal and very deep, you're entering a new space that I'm not educated to enter. So I have to be very, very careful not to tiptoe too deep either Mm -hmm. to build connection, but not cross the line. Yes. Right. Right. And do you feel like, you know, in the past you said you were more strictly doing 
personal training and nutrition programs and you weren't quite so empathetic to the more personal issues going on in you, you know your your people's lives which do you feel like this has been a transformation that has evolved to where you're at now simply because you have evolved or do you think it's because like as a collective people are evolving and needing you know opening up to bettering their relationships, their mental health? Like, is this a, a universal transition or is it more, do you feel like, you know, within your own company? Well, I'd hope to say it's universal. It's very hard to know because of course I'm only working with people within my own sphere, but I, I would be hesitant to say if I went back to the way I did things in 2014 with, you know, university students who want to be bikini girls, I think there's still going to be people that want that. Right. I still think those people are out there. It's my client base has evolved probably because I have evolved and because of the content I'm putting out. Mm -hmm. It's not just, yes, there's a lot of side-by-sides photos on perfect fit for you Instagram, because there's still a time and a place where that's what people want, but touching on the mental health part, touching on the accountability, touching on the support, the routines, the daily habits, there's also people who really need that. And I think it's really just opening me up to more people. Although I'm trying to be niche specific, I think based on the content I put out and based on who I want to reach, there's still availability to reach that niche. I've just made the choice to reach the people that I vibe with right now in my life. Mm-hmm. This is super interesting because I feel as, you know, somebody who's trying to create their own business it's almost like you're blasted with this big banner saying you need a niche. And if you don't have a niche, you won't be able to attract that exact client. And I, I see your business, you know, you're, you've hired multiple coaches to branch out and perfect fit for you obviously is not niche specific. So what do you have to say when it comes to having a niche as a businesswoman and owner? See, this is why I didn't go to business school, because they're going to tell you who's your ideal client, who's your ideal client, write it down, make some campaign on Facebook, go after them. I've never spent a dollar on advertising. So I feel like I'm attracting the right people solely based on, you know, vulnerably putting yourself out there, looking at the people you believe you can help. If you vibe with those people, you're going to be able to help them better. But what I've done is create a dynamic team. And like, I know not every business owner has the opportunity to create a team or the finances to create a team and nobody wants payroll. Let's be honest. I don't either. But if you want to serve more people, you need to hire more people. And so that's what I've done. If someone comes to me and they suffer with chronic pain, something I've never dealt with in my life, it is a lot more value to that client to refer them to my coach who lives in chronic pain. So you do kind of have to be adaptable if you want to open the door to a greater dynamic because for my coach Sydney who lives with chronic pain that is her niche so I do think it's still important to have who you're after you shouldn't have a business banner that says hey I can help everybody right I don't feel like that's a solution either but if I can help you let me know if I can find the exact person that I think can help you best mm-hmm. I don't feel like I can help a 50 year old man the best. Yeah. I don't, right? But I feel like it can help a 35-year-old woman the best. So those are the clients I want to work with. Mm-hmm. But not because I can't, but just because where are you going to get the most amount of value? Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't have a member on my team who can provide you the value I think you deserve for the amount of money you're paying. I will tell you that. Amazing. So but, you, yeah. 
you are a very energetic person just listening to you talk. Everybody can probably tell that. Um, and you, you know, give so much energy throughout your entire work day. Do you ever, you know, start feeling burnt out or need to like refuel your energy again? And how do you do that? So I just wrote this huge blog and I did it in audio too. That's like, I'm an introvert and everybody, like even my own family is like, shut up. You're lying. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm like, guys, I am because introversion instead of extroversion, I guess it's, it's just basically explaining how you recharge and people recharge differently. Whereas like my husband, he recharges through connection. He recharges through reaching out to having conversations, to going out with other friends. Like for me, that's fantastic, but I don't recharge that way. I recharge in silence. I recharge by myself. I, even without my husband, without my mom, without my friends, like that is my happy place. That's why I wake up at 5am guys, because that's how I have my headspace. So that from nine to 5pm, I can be the extroverted person that I feel like I need to be for my business. But like the handshaking, wine drinking, going to networking events, ugh, it's so hard. I do it because I know networking is an important part to building a business, but I cringe doing it. I cringe doing my hair and I cringe putting my makeup on. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't. So like this whole like, oh my God, you have to stay self-quarantined and isolated. I'm like, woo. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm okay with it, (laughs) right? Like I'm totally okay with it. And so, yeah, I mean, of course everybody gets overwhelmed and burnt out, but mindset management and like the tools that I've taught other people to use, I still use those tools. Having that time, going to bed at a proper hour, fueling yourself with healthy food, eating nutrient dense items, you know, like not falling into like a spiral of reality TV, one or two shows. Sure. But like just really trying to make sure that I'm doing things that are growing me. So like, if I'm going to listen to something, listen to a book. Like I said, when I work out, it's not Lil Wayne anymore. It's Tony Robbins, you know, like I'm listening to things that make me grow and that makes me feel less overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. By the, uh, what is your favorite book right now? Like what is a good recommendation of a book? Oh shit. Well, I have a highlight on Instagram that has about 40 books on there. I've rated <laughs> them all. So Um, my favorite, well, the book I just finished this morning actually is called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It's amazing. Yeah, it was very, very good. So I love her writing style. I find her very poetic as a writer and I find her very, I don't know, powerful female. So I really enjoyed that book. Amazing. Yeah, we have a few books on the go right now. We're just cruising through all our books with this extra time. <laughs> I like books that have a written version and an audio version because yeah. I crush them. Cause then I'm like, okay, I'm putting my makeup on, switching it to audio. Okay. Going to bed, go back to the book. I like having both. I mean, it cost me 50 freaking dollars a book. So now I'm buying it in two ways, but I can crush the books. Like last year I went through over 30 books in a year because I was bouncing between audio and written. Whoa. Yeah. Great. But if I read 30 books, I don't think I would have had the, I mean, I could have made the time, but I didn't. I wouldn't have made the time to sit and read 30 books. So you, that just shows that you really, you know, try to be as productive as you can throughout your day. Do you have any other tips on, you know, how to increase productivity in everyday things? Um, well, one thing I work with my clients on is when we have a check-in, we set a theme. So we set a theme for the week. 
I find this works with people because it's a word. It's something I usually make them a cool little like thing on Canva. They put it on the back of their phone. It's like, this is the word that's going to drive us for the week. So some people will choose something like family. So if family is your theme, it, the theme helps you make decisions. Okay. <laughs> this is kind of complicated, but basically you pick a theme for the week because when you're in a bind, so say, okay, it's Wednesday night at six. My dad calls me over for dinner, but I was supposed to do a blog. Well, my theme's family. Guess what? The blog's going to get pushed to the back burner because I'm driving my decisions based upon that theme. And next week when I change my theme to career or creativity, perhaps I'd make a different decision. So setting a theme for the week helps people make better decisions and it helps drive their actions. So the theme has to change every week, but even something like the one minute rule, that's a huge one with my clients. I make them promise me anything that I can do in under one minute this week, I will do on the spot. All of a sudden your house is cleaner. You're like, get home, kick your shoes off. No, no, no. One minute, put them in the closet, you know, drop your jacket on the floor. No, one minute, hang it up. Put your plate in the freaking dishwasher when you're done eating. Nope, that's less than a minute. Put it away. That's an awesome rule to start with. Anything I can do in less than one minute, I'll do it. Wow. Those are killer. <laughs> yeah. Like those, just like that's a couple things. Or like switching color on your phone. Like I get my clients to put their phone to black and white mode for a week. It's crazy to see how much less they use their phone because it's not appealing. It's not contrasted and colored and beautiful. They like look at it for the purpose of just looking at what they need, not scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Like those small things, they can build up and make a big difference. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Or just making people accountable. I don't give a shit how much you use your phone this week. You just have to tell me. That's it. Just tell me. On Sunday, tell me how many hours you were on Instagram. That's it. But the fact they have to tell me, they'll use it less. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not even a consequence. It's same with food. I don't care what you eat this week. Just, just write it down and tell me. No pressure. Just tell me. Oh shit. All of a sudden eating habits 10 times better than they were last week. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, there was no rule, but they've made the intrinsic motivation to do it just simply because Ashlyn's going to know. Right. Like how simple all I have to do is read your email and you've made a week long, better decision. That's why people need coaches. They yeah. just need a subjective perspective. Someone on the other end being like, I care enough to help lead you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So do you think that everybody could benefit from a coach? The right coach? Yep. Yeah. I think coaches can really fuck people up too if they have the wrong coach, right? Yeah. Because people put their trust in people that maybe shouldn't be coaching them. Right. And that's scary. You know, like I see it in the bodybuilding industry all the time, like young 18 year old females. Now they're doing steroids because your coach said you should. Like, that's not right. That's not the right coach for you. Mm -hmm. So I do, I think everyone can benefit from the right coach. Absolutely. I love that, Ashlyn. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, am I the right coach for everybody? No, I'm not. Mm -hmm. But for, you know, my demographic, my 25 to 55 year old female, 100%. So what advice would you give to people to find the right coach? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> Ask questions yeah. and interview them. When I do a consult with people for competition prep, I do not have it on my website. 
like I have the what's included on the website, but I do not have the ability for you to sign up for competition prep unless you go through me. You cannot even sign up through my secretary. You must sit down with me for a minimum of 30 minutes before you're allowed to pay for anything because I want to make sure I'm the right person for you. And I say to every single one of them, how many other coaches have you talked to? Why did you pick me? Because if you've picked me for a certain reason, I want to know why, because I want to be able to make sure that your expectations are going to be met. Mm -hmm. Right. And so my last question when I'm meeting with most people is if you decide to make this decision and hire me as your coach, how will I know I'm doing my job? What are the things that we're going to measure your success off of? Because for a lot of people, it's not weight loss. So I can't say, oh, well, you lost 10 pounds. I did my job. Well, if it's not about weight loss, what are we working towards? And I think sitting down with someone and outlining what the targets are allows me to know whether we're being reasonable, whether I have the knowledge and education to get you there. And three, I can say at the end of the 12 weeks or however long you decide to make me your coach, we hit our guidepost or we didn't. Mm -hmm. But like, you can't go on a trip without a destination. So <laughs> People just hire a coach, but they're like, I just feeling iffy. Okay. But how do I know when you're not feeling iffy? How do I know I've done my job? I need to know because I'm a perfectionist too. I need me to tell you, Hey, look, you told me you wanted to do this. You did this. You wanted to run a half marathon in under two hours. You did an hour 58. I win. I did my job. I like to be able to know that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely just making sure that their expectations are met. When someone's expectations matches their reality, they are happy. Yes. But when their expectations don't match the reality, they're not happy. So Carly, if we sat down to talk about competition prep and you told me at the beginning, I will be miserable if I don't place top three. If I don't leave with the trophy, I'm pissed. Well, shit, I'd be very upset if you didn't place top three then, you know, but like, I can't make that happen. I'm not the judge. I don't get to do that. Right. So like I make sure that people are aware of what their expectations are and whether I think I can help them meet them before they even start. Have you ever had people who have, you know, very unrealistic expectations and had to guide them in a different direction with their goals? Oh, I've had people walk out of my office because I wouldn't put them on keto or I wouldn't do intermittent fasting or tell them not to like people come in with these crazy ideas and they just want you to be like, yeah, baby, that's a great idea. I want to do that. Like now I've had people that tell me, you know, I'm getting gastric bypass surgery. My goal is to lose 30 pounds in 30 days. Well, that's not going to happen with me. And I've had people leave and just be like, okay, then I won't hire you. And I'm like, okay, wash my hands of it. But I've also had people that I can convince that you can get there, but it's going to take A, B, and C. And if you're willing to do A, B, and C, I think we can do this. And so they become more malleable. They trust me. And then when they do A, B, and C, and they get that result, then it's like, okay, Ashlyn, what's next? You know, then they trust me. I've gained that trust. So with all of these fad diets, you know, keto, intermittent fasting, all of these different things, have the, the, the nutrition plans that you've set up for people, have they really changed that much over time? Like from the beginning of perfect fit for you, or does that stuff always stay the same and what's good for you is always still good for you? Um, I think there's a time and a place. Like if someone came to me and they were having epileptic seizures, I would consider putting them on a keto diet, but like it, it, it's the perfect fit for you. Right. It is. And like every plan doesn't look the way it used to that. And especially cause we have multiple coaches, even colors, you know, like I like certain color schemes. My other coaches don't like this is the smallest things, but some people know flexible dieting. They want macros in their program. Someone says, tell me exactly what to do, Ashlyn, because 
you know, I work 12 hour days. I don't want to pick from a list and be creative and find these sauces and recipes. Just lay it out. I want a third, a cup of oatmeal, three strawberries, a quarter cup of yogurt. You know, they want to be told that sure I'll do that for you. But it is again, having that initial conversation, what is going to work for you? If I said to some people, you can have 20 grams of chocolate a day. Some people are like, hell yeah, that's awesome. I don't feel restricted. Ashley put chocolate in my plan. Whereas the next chick is like 20 grams of chocolate. Oh my God. If she gives me 20 grams of chocolate, I'm going to eat the whole bar. I can't trust myself. And then they're binging. So it's like tapping into what that person needs and then modifying accordingly. Cause other people can treat the exact same thing two different ways. Right. And that's where the perfect fit for you philosophy comes in again. I can ask them that question. Okay. You love, you know, chocolate before bed. What's your headspace going into that right now? If I tell you to eat one stick of a Kit Kat, are you going to be able to eat one stick of a Kit Kat? Or are you going to eat the whole fucking bar? <laughs> yeah. And that's all based off of like them telling you truthfully what their true problems are. Like, do you ever have a problem with people opening up or, you know, not telling you truthful things and then not getting the results and being upset? Um, I've had people like, cause we have a body composition machine. Mm. So basically what our bod pod does is when I put someone into the machine, it tells me, you know, how much muscle they have in their body in percentage and in pounds, um, their bone density. It tells me their lung capacity. It tells me how much fat they have on their body in pounds and in percentage. And then it gives me their basal metabolic rate. So I, I know science. Like I said, that's the foundation of my education. So if someone's using those exams and they're lying, I know because I know how to read the test, right? If someone comes in, I've had this many times. Oh my God, I lost 10 pounds this month. I never get excited until I put them in the machine. Ashlyn, I lost 10 pounds. Okay, is it muscle? Is it fat? Because you can lose 10 pounds and eight of it be muscle mass because you are starving yourself and now your body fat percentage, despite being lighter, is way higher and you're more unhealthy now than you were when you walked through my door. Wow. <laughs> and that happens a lot. I've had a girl lose, I think she was like 14 pounds in a month. Okay. And she was really pumped and she wasn't super, super like that big that like 14 pounds should have just fell off. And, um, I said, no, like this is fat free weight. There's no way you're following this plan. Yes, I am Ashlyn 14 pounds. How do you not think I'm following the plan? I said, because I know based on the math, there's no way mathematically speaking, you could have been in this much of a deficit. There's no way you are not eating. So it took me like half an hour of drilling this lady. Finally, she put her hands in the air. She's like, okay, I got a gastric bypass in Mexico last month and I've been on a liquid diet for four weeks. And I'm like, bingo, told you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it does take some digging, but when there's evidence like that, then I'm very confident. The hard part is now I'm working with people virtually. Like we're having this conversation right now. Mm -hmm. Like it's a lot easier to not pick up those vibes when you don't have data to say, Hey, no, I know you're lying. Right. But I felt a lot more confident in what I do. Like I've been doing it for six years. I've worked with over 1100 people. Like I know that things a plus B will C, right? Like one plus one equals two. And if one plus one is equaling five, I'm going to call you out on it. I'm not going to sit back and be like, oh, it must have been my fault. I must have calculated something wrong. No, it's not on me anymore. I realize I know what I'm doing. So a lot of times being confrontational slightly keeps people accountable. You don't want a coach that's like, oh, really? You did? I must have made a boo-boo. No, because you're, not, you're just going to keep walking over that coach. I want my clients to be scared of me just a little bit that they want to impress me. Yeah, right. Right. Cause I'm, I'm, if I get you what you want as your coach, you're going to like me. 
whether or not I have to say the hard shit. Mm-hmm. Like I've asked people, what are you wasting your money on? Why do you keep hiring me? This is garbage. <laughs> and they're like, okay, I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. <laughs> it's okay to call people on their bluff. I do think because that's what they pay you for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, definitely like, you know, don't hold back. If you feel intuitively that you're doing the right thing, tell them. Amazing, Ashlyn. Well, we absolutely love your business model and we applaud you. You are absolutely transforming lives and we're just grateful to watch you do that and excited to, in the future, be working with you again, hopefully competition <laughs> prep. So <laughs> be awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, we want you to pimp yourself out. Tell us where people can find you, look you up, Okay, so um, Instagram would probably be my number one social platform. So my Instagram is just at Ashlyn, A-S-H-L-Y-N underscore Gunderson, G-U-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. And through my Instagram, I have like, you know, a link in my bio that links you to my blog, which is my number one thing that I really, really want to grow right now. I love writing and I love talking. So I have a SoundCloud account that has all my blogs in audio. If you're like me and you don't like to just read, you like to have the audio and the written, I've provided that because my blogs are long. Some of them are like 14, 15 minute reads. So I've done it in both. And so if you could support my writing, then that would be number one for me. Instagram and blog. I have a YouTube account as well. I used to be big on YouTube, but now I just like words more than video. So I've really switched to the blog and the audio for sure. Super cool. And your writing is impactful. So definitely highly suggest everyone to go check out her blog. Thank you, Ashlyn, for joining us today. We appreciate you. And we love you. <laughs> I love you guys too. And I love what you're doing. Sister power. I have two sisters and I love them dearly. So I think it's so awesome you guys are doing this together. Thank you so much.